Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. This morning, I would like to be preaching on the topic acceptable worship. We have read from the book of John chapter 4 from verse 23 to 24. I like to say that in every relationship, there are expectations, there are rules to follow, and there are standards to meet. In any marriage relationship, there are rules to follow or there are things binding both the man and the woman together. There must be an agreement and there must be understanding for that marriage to work. So is our relationship with God. As children of God, we need to know what he expects from us in order for us to worship him in an acceptable manner. The passage before us this morning, which I'm sure some of us or many of us are very familiar with, it's an encounter that Jesus had with a woman of Samaria. But this morning, we're not going to really focus on the woman of Samaria. But we want to focus on the statement that Jesus made to that woman concerning acceptable worship. And I'm going to read again verses 23 and 24. Jesus said to her, Yet a time is coming and has now come. When the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. I want you to underline that word must. Must. Must worship in spirit and in truth. For us to worship God in an acceptable manner, we need to know what he desires. And that is what we want to focus on this morning. This passage is important, or these verses are important because it states clearly what God desires from true worshippers. And it states clearly that God desires true worshippers. It tells us that God desires true worshippers and also what he desires from these true worshippers for their worship to be acceptable. However, let us try to understand who the true worshippers are. Who are the true worshippers? As we find in verse 23, yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshippers, true worshippers, we find that word true worshippers in verse 23, we also find it in verse 24. So who are the true worshippers? Number one, true worshippers are those who have encountered Jesus. They are people who have been born again. Anyone who wants to worship the true God, Anyone who wants to worship the living God must have had a relationship with that God. So a true worshiper is a born-again Christian. Never mind that that name or that word, born-again, has become so common and popular that it seems like it has lost the meaning or its value. But he was here, I mean, just a a chapter before, that Jesus was talking about being born again when he was talking to Nicodemus. And so anyone who will want to worship God in an acceptable manner must have given his or her life to Jesus, must be born again, must have had an encounter with Jesus, must have come to that point of surrendering his or her life to Jesus. No one who wants to worship the true God will worship that, that God in an acceptable manner if he or she has not encountered Jesus. 
And so that encounter must happen. And the question for every one of us is, have we encountered Jesus? Have we, have we known Jesus? You know, we can, we can be used to church and not have encountered him and not have, have, have confessed him as our Lord and Savior. It is not about being born in church or it's not about being used to church. And my parents were Christians. I actually was a Christian from day one. Nobody became a Christian from day one. Until you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you can never call yourself a child of God. John chapter 9, verse 11. John chapter 9, verse 11. What does the Bible say about true worshippers? The Bible says, uh, John chapter 9, verse 11. The Bible says, the man said, the man they called Jesus made some more. That man that, that had an encounter with Jesus, he was blind. He was blind, but what happened to him? He saw. So anyone who will worship Jesus must, must receive that sight. It is this, it's a spiritual encounter. It is not something you, you come to by, by, by associating with Christians. It is something we, you come to by having an encounter with Jesus and with Jesus alone. And so the question is, are you a true worshiper? And what I mean by that is, have you come to that encounter, as Jesus opened your eyes, the man said, I was once blind, now I see. Have you seen Jesus the way he really is? So true worshippers are people who must have encountered Jesus Christ. Number two, true worshippers are those who realize that Jesus is the one and only way to the Father. That's John 14 verse 6. Not only have they encountered him, but he's the only one that they are worshipping. They are not, Jesus is not, is, they are not competing. No other, no other God is competing with Jesus. He's the only one. He's the only way. The Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way. I am also what? The truth. Jesus is the only truth. And, and, and I says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except by me. You know, today, our children, because of education, because of exposure, because of the kinds of things they read, because, because of the kinds of friends they, they make, some of them are having struggles accepting that Jesus is the only way. Though they know, they follow us to church. In fact, many of them may have confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But they are also thinking that it is not fair for us to say that Jesus is the only way. How can you say that Jesus is the only way? There, are, there may be other, other ways. There may be other, other leaders. There may be other things to do in order to get to God. No. Anyone who wants to get to God in an acceptable manner is anyone who believes that only Jesus is the truth. The true way to God. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, For there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men through which we must be saved except the name of Jesus. Only Jesus, anyone who calls on this name, is rendering an acceptable worship unto God. Who also are true worshippers. Number three, true worshippers are those who seek to glorify God. They seek to glorify God alone, not themselves. They seek to glorify God alone, not man. They seek to glorify God alone, not a thing of showmanship. And so anytime that we come into this gathering to worship God, anytime we come together, one thing is that God said that where two or three are gathered in his name, he will be there. But if God is there in our midst, is our worship going to be acceptable to him? Is the focus going to be about God alone? 
what are some of the things we do to, to leave the focus from, from God to ourselves. And you see, some, some, some things have become so common and so, so, so common amongst us, even in the church, that we, we have come to accept them. Some of the things we do in worship that we have come to accept. I was just telling Pastor I.K. I said, uh, I just was telling him now that, come, what is this photograph taking in, this, in the church where service is going on? I just told him, why are we in the wedding ceremony? But you see, we have become so used to it, and I began to see, it, there's no problem if we take shots of things happening for record purpose. But by the time the man is walking around as if we are having a party in the church, excuse me, who have we come to glorify? Have we come to glorify ourselves? I mean, I'll sit down and you'll take my shot. For what now? I'm sorry, but that is what we have to come to terms with. Are we come, have we come to worship God? Have we come to worship? Now, it is not bad in itself. But the point is, if the focus now is on me, if the focus now is on us, then we are not true worshippers. And so, anything I do that I'm, I'm doing in order to show off, if this preaching that I'm preaching is to show off, is to, is to show off, to, 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 to prove a point, then it is not true worship. And so, true worshippers are those who focus on God. They are not focusing on themselves. They are not, they are not even doing it to, in order to praise any man. But they are doing it in order to praise God and to praise God alone. They do not do worship as a routine, but as a relationship. We may get used to worship every time. We know what is, what is next, what is next, what is next, what is next. You know, here we have a routine. After we, we come in and we take the, um, the we, come, we come in with the hymn, we take the opening, what's the next in opening prayer? After the opening prayer, we take the announcement. After the announcement, we take the special prayer. After the special prayer, then we, we take the tithe and offering. After the tithe and offering, what else do we do? We do the Bible reading. After the Bible reading, the choir sings. After the choir sings, the message. After the message, we pray and then... Now, all of these are good. But if it has become a routine that we do and there is no life there, it is not true worship. Last Sunday, we changed the routine, you know. And somebody was telling me, it's not really good. It's not. And I saw that the, the ushers struggled because they were, they were used to so they didn't, they were not ready on time because they were used to it. Ushers, I'm not, I'm not accusing you. It was just something that came without prior notice. But the thing I'm saying here is this. If we do all of this routinely, there's nothing bad in having another worship that we all are used to. But if it, it becomes a routine that we do and there is no life of God in it, then it is not true worship. And so Jesus said that those who worship him truly are the people that he's seeking. If we also look at Psalm 24, let's look at Psalm 24 from verse 3 to 4. The Bible also makes us to know what or who true worshippers are. Psalm number 24 from verse 3, from verse 3 to verse 4. Psalm 24, 3 and 4. He says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? In other words, who are the people that will see God? Who may stand in his holy place? He who does what? He who does what? He who does what? 
Sorry, church, I always want you to respond. You know, I teach children. And when I teach children, they always, we communicate. I hope you bear with me. Please bear with me. Let's read verse 4 together. He who has and who does not to or by what is false. So, looking at Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4, the Bible tells us all the requirements from true worshippers. It says those with what kind of hand? And when we mean clean hands, we're not saying that those who sanitize their hands. We're not saying those who use soap, who have very good soap to wash their hands, and their hands are clean. No. We mean that those who live holy lives, who have not dipped their hands into abominable, abominable things, who have not done, who have not soiled their hands in sin, they are the people that we worship God in an acceptable manner. You know, David wanted to build a temple for God. He desired to build a temple for God. In fact, it was assumed, it was, it was believed that he should build. Because when David went to the, to the, to the prophet, the prophet didn't pray about it. He just said, what you want to do is what? Is good. Go ahead. But you know, the Lord met with the man and said, sorry, he cannot build it. Why was he not, why, why would God not accept David's uh, uh, desire to, to build the temple? Why? Because he said he had done what? He had dipped his hand in, in blood. There was too much blood on his hand. He was a man that fought war. And apart from that, he was a man that also murdered. And so for that reason, building a place of worship was not going to be acceptable to God. And so if anyone here has dipped his hand in blood, if anyone has committed abortion, and you come and worship God, if you do not make your ways right with God, your worship is not what? Is not acceptable. He says, he who has clean hands, he whose hands are clean, the worshippers who have clean hands, they are the ones that their worship will be acceptable. If you have, if you have killed an innocent person, if you have committed abortion or you have helped somebody to commit abortion, you are a sinner and your worship is not acceptable. So you must, you must make amends. Then he says, he who has a clean hands and a, and a pure heart. Pure heart. There are people who do not bear false witness. There are people who, do not, who are not false, who do not bear grudge. There are people whose hearts are clean before God. There are people who are not carried away by worldliness. They are clean. It is not about what they have to offer physically, but it's also about what they have to offer spiritually. Their inside is pure. Their heart is pure. It says those who have clean hands and a pure heart. They are not carried away with worldliness. They do not indulge in the things that corrupt the mind. And today, there are so many things that corrupt the mind. There are so, and that was why Jesus told, you know, he told his disciples when he was preaching in Matthew chapter, I think chapter 5 or chapter 6, he was saying, come, this sin of adultery, this sin of fornication, it is not until you even do it practically. But looking at a woman, how? Lustfully, you have done what? You have committed. So today, with a click on your phone, you can go to that site and see what you are not supposed to do, to see. You know there's pornography. You can take the, the magazine and read what you're not supposed to. Then your heart is not pure. And you do all of those and you come to church to worship God. Well, who knows what some of us did yesterday before we, we, worship, we came to church to worship. We all come well-dressed, looking good, looking fine. And then we come to worship. 
Is God so wicked that he cannot hear us? Is God so far away? Why is it that we call on him and it's like he's far away? The Bible says that God's, God's ears are not too heavy. His hands are not too short. It's because of our sins that the sin is not hearing us. It says he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Those are the people that we worship God in an acceptable manner. Their, their hearts are filled with things that glorify God and not things that dishonor God. True worshippers are not those who are filled with the spirit of it does not matter. In their heart, they are not saying it does not matter. And it, 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 it seems like today, we, we do so many things and we say it does not matter. We say, oh, that is what is in vogue now. That is what the world does now. Uh, these are our young children. This is what they do now. So we don't become so com- comfortable in the things that are not acceptable to God. And we want to worship him truly in an acceptable manner. We need to look at ourselves. They are true, true worshippers are not agents of seductions. They are not people that when, 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 when they see you, they begin to think. And unfortunately, people come to church dressed seductively. Dressed to kill. And you dress in a manner that people who are looking at you, they are actually ashamed for you. I pity men these days. I pity men this day. The Lord will grant you grace to remain standing in Jesus' name. You know, you see all kinds. And it, it, it is okay if you see all of these things outside. It's okay. In your office. Is, it, is that not depraved, depraved, depravity? For a woman to dress in a, in a manner that every part of your body is showing. And you are okay with it. But you see, if it, had, if it, if it will stop outside, we will say no problem. But when we bring it to church... We bring it to church. You wear something skimpy and you are comfortable. You need to check your head. You need to check yourself. You need to check your relationship with God. If you, if you do this, these things and you feel comfortable. He says, who will ascend the hills of the Lord? Who will stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. We must ask ourselves, what are the legal grounds upon which the devil is using to accuse us? What are the things that we are doing that is giving the enemy the opportunity to torment us? We must look inward. Parents, let's look inward. Young people, let's look inward. Fathers, let's look inward. God is a holy God. And the Bible says those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, Jesus said the prince of this world has, has, has come to me, but he hasn't found anything in me. He has come to check me. The de- devil will come to check you. And you know he's an accuser of the brethren. So when he comes to accuse you, what is that hold that he has on you? And you know because God is a fair God, the moment there is a sin in your life, he allows the enemy to deal with you. What is the enemy having against you? And Jesus is not respecter of anyone. He's not respecter of anything. He's not respecter of anything you own. All he wants is for you to come with a pure heart. And church, I know that the message of holiness... It's not common in church today. But if the same heaven that Peter and Paul went is the same heaven that you and I want to go, I think we need to check our lives and we need to preach this message. It is not a case of it's the 21st century. And so God is going to judge us according to 21st century. No. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. is the same today. And is the same forever. So the same judgments and the same requirements that he, he, that he gave to, the, to his children 
in the New Testament is the same requirement is given us today. In the time of Abraham, Sodom and Gomorrah, when he was going to destroy, you know, Abraham was pleading and pleading. He started from 50, right? He ended at what number? 10. He couldn't find, and so the city was destroyed. If Jesus will walk into this church, and if Jesus will say, I'm going to destroy, and he begins to, we begin to plead and plead, how many will remain? How many will remain? Church of God, people of God, let us sit up and know that Jesus is coming. And he's coming to take a church without wrinkle, without blemish. He says judgment will start from his church. In other words, he's expecting us as his people to be holy. He said, be ye holy, for I am what? I am holy. That's the God we serve. We cannot pretend. We cannot say he's like this, he's like this. No, God is holy. True worshippers, according to Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4, says, those who have clean hands, who have pure hearts, who do not do what? Lift up their souls to... Who have not lifted up their souls to idols. And there are many, people, many things that we lift up our souls to that are idols. There are people who have idols, who have, who have things they bow to, who have things they, they, they consult, and they still come to church. And they do all of this in order to get fame. They lift up their souls to idols in order to get money. They lift up their souls to idols because they want position. They lift up their souls to idols because they want relevance. They lift up their souls to idols because they want promotion and all that the world can give. And it's unfortunate today that even pastors, so-called pastors, have, have, become, have become people who bow to idols so that they can have members, so that they can have fame and popularity. They lift up all their souls to idols. The Bible says anyone who does that will not receive anything from God. Bible says we cannot remain in sin and ask that grace should abound. He said, God forbid. We cannot continue to do those things that please us. You see, for us as a Christian, it is not about pleasing ourselves, but it's about what? Pleasing God. And if you want to please God, it's not going to be easy. So each of us must sit up and ask ourselves, how am I doing in my work with God? You know, some of us started well. Some of us, when we first accepted Jesus, we were on fire for the Lord. But now, it has come down. So now you'll be telling stories of your SU days. You're telling stories of SU days. You're telling stories of, ah, if you know the kind of evangelism, is it Christianity people are doing now? It's not Christianity people are doing. When we, were, when we started, we would will, we will, we will trek miles to go and preach. Today is what we want to hear. Live story. Tell us what you do now. What are you bowing to now that is taking the place of God in your heart? What are you bowing to now that is hindering you from worshipping God in an acceptable manner? He also says, those who do not swear deceitfully. So in, in, in Psalm 24, how many, how many have we seen now? Number one, those who have what? And who do not and and you know today it's now easy to swear. In other words, to lie. We call it diplomacy. You are not lying, you are just being diplomatic. You are not lying, you are not just being diplomatic. And you know with telephone, a lot of lies go on. 
somebody is in Ikoi and he's saying, I'm, I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually I'm, in five minutes' time, I'm, I'm at Yaba. You are still in Ikoi. And it has become so common that we do it without, it doesn't matter. We just say it. And you know, the devil is smart. He will, he, will, he will make you, by the time you become comfortable today, you become comfortable tomorrow, you become a part of you. It was about the boy that was giving the testimony of one time, he said he traveled, and on his way, maybe you have heard that testimony, he said on his way, around Surulere, he saw oranges, he traveled to Elisha, and on his way, he saw oranges and he bought it. And he took it to his father in the Lord. And, and because he was close to, to the house of the man of God. When he remembered that I cannot go come to the house of the, of, of, of the servants of God empty-handed. So he saw oranges and he bought. And as he, as he presented to the Baba, and the Baba, you know, started taking the oranges. He said, ah, you bought this on your way. And he said, yes. But he knew that the, on your way, the Baba meant was on your way from Elisha. He said the Holy Spirit began to deal with him. You didn't buy it from Elisha. You bought it here in Surulere. Then he said, it does not matter. But the Holy Spirit will not let him rest. And then he now said, Baba, actually, I didn't buy it on my way from Elisha. I bought it here in, at Surulere. And the Baba said, hmm, I trust my father, the Holy Spirit. I know he will not let you rest. But you know, for some of us, the Holy Spirit has come to us to correct us, to correct us. But because we refuse to listen, what has he done? He has left us. He said, who does not swear deceitfully? What are some? I know for some of us, it will, it will be very easy to say, ah, if you want to do business in Nigeria, you must, you must do all of these things. But you know, you can still not do it if you believe in God and you believe in his grace to help you. He says, he who does not swear deceitfully. They are the people that will receive blessings from the Lord. And you know, the Revelation 21 verse 8 says that liars will not do what? Liars will not do what? Imagine, fornicators, adulterers, and then liars in the midst of it. You wonder, ah, that's a small thing now. But to God, all of them is the same. No one sin is bigger than the other. No one sin is smaller than the others. Sin is what? Sin is sin. So all of this tells us that what you do outside and who you are outside affect the acceptability of your worship. If you want to worship God, let us worship him. If you do not want to worship God, let God know that we are not worshiping him. Elijah asked the children of Israel, why are you, why are you wavering between two opinions? If Baal is God, do what? Serve him. But if God is God, worship him. If it is Baal, follow him. Why are you going here and going there? If, if we want to be Christians, let us be Christians. Unfortunately, this, this, this season or this generation or this, this age that we live, Christians are not different from unbelievers. Before, if you say you are a Christian, people want to, they trust you. They believe you'll be, you'll be, you have some dignity. But now when we say you are Christians, it doesn't make any difference because of the way we live. It is no longer news that fornication and adultery is in the church. And that is part of it. Fornication, adultery, holiness is no longer an acceptable gospel. We have made sin a part of acceptable practices in the church. And in the name of grace, a man will commit adultery and stand to lead us in worship. When the Bible says those who bear the things of God must be what? Must be holy. 
Isaiah 52, verse 11b. You will, you, will, you, will, you will be involved in sin. And you know, I, I know that what I'm saying this morning, for some of us, we don't need this message now. It is too hard. But let us say it, because that is the message that the Lord has given us. That is the message that he has sent us. We cannot remain in sin and ask that grace should abound. Fornicators in the choir, adulterers in the choir, they come to sing, and then we say God is not moving. Many of us are not connected to the Lord because those who are leading us in worship are not, are not living holy lives. And you see, parents today, and I'm challenging us as parents, let us sit up and take our place in the lives of our children. Your child is not married, but is living with a man, and you are not saying anything. Your daughter is not married, and she goes overnight to sleep within a man's house, and you say nothing is wrong. And because they don't get pregnant, we don't know, so we think they are okay. What is God asking us as parents? If we ask you, how have you trained these children? When, do I, when will our children become bigger than us? That we cannot correct them. You cannot tell them, you know, these are our children. These are our children. Why did if God, if God knew that they wouldn't need you, he would not have given you to them to, to, to be their parents. But now they are the ones telling you. Say, mommy, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. He knows what he's doing. But you see, God will ask you. Choir members, what is your life? How are you living? What are we doing? We come to church looking good. But what is that thing we do in our, in our, in our closets? You know, the sin of fornication and adultery has become so common and so popular. In fact, it even starts before. I used to think that the sin, you know, the Holy Spirit started calling my attention. Now see, some of the things they do now is even... Some of them don't go all the way, but they go half the way. We've not slept together, but you, but you kiss. And you know, they, with the effrontery that they do it, they, they, when they are having their wedding on the program, you are not married to a man. Eh? Please come. They are not married, though, on the program. On the program. They are, the man, sit down. Sit down here. Don't fall. Don't worry. You will not fall. Don't sit down. Is it not good? Uh, uh, I want you to sit where I can sit on your lap. Yeah. It's before. Uh, yeah, sit down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they are not married. We are not married. We are not married. Isn't it? We are not married. Come, come. But, you know, we put lip to lip. We are not married. The Bible says God cannot be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will do what? He says, if you sow to the flesh, you will from the flesh reap what? Corruption. You are not married. You do all of these things. If you are bold enough to come to church to bring your program to show us, sitting together, kissing, what have you done in the, in the closet? And you come and carry holy things. You come and, and lead us in worship. You come and sit in the congregation and you raise your hand to God and ask God to help you. Who are we deceiving? How far are we going to continue in sin and ask God to hear us? Let us check our lives. Let us check our worship. Before, when I was growing up, even when you hold hands, eh? when you hold hands, 
has, you are just still talking. You are, your parents have known that you are, you all dance. The moment you see your parents coming, what do you do? Then they will say, we are old school. Now you can all dance and kiss. I'm sorry, Oyinbo does it. Are you Oyinbo? And you see one interesting thing. Thank you, my sister. Go and sit down. There was, a, there was one message, one pastor, I've forgotten his name now. I think I shared it to Pastor Ike. One pastor, a young pastor in U.S., I've forgotten his name. The day he, he, he proposed to his wife, his, his, his wife, it was in a service, Bible study like this, he proposed to her. He called her forward and gave her the ring. That is part of new school. Abby? In our own days, when you tell somebody you want to marry, there is no, no engagement ring in a special way. But it's part of it. Thank God for your lives. He called her. And she came forward. And he presented her the ring. But they did not kiss. And he said, church, I hope you saw what happened. You notice we've not kissed. We didn't kiss because we are not yet married. That was Oyimbo. For how long are we going to continue? Interestingly, our Sunday school. You know our Sunday school this morning. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? They're talking about, what's the name of that man? Phineas. Uh, 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 uh. Phineas. Who, who was able to stand when there was sin? Is it Numbers 25? Numbers 25. When everybody was crying because God was angry because of sin. Caused by the children of Israel mingling with, with unbelievers and, and having a relationship with them. Moses and the elders were crying. And this man had the effrontery to come with a stranger. He came with a stranger. Eh? And went into the tents. But what did Phineas do? He took a, a javelin and killed both of them. And today you will see the promise of God because of that singular heart, act that he did. Aaron's children, Nadab and Abihu, the Bible says they offered what kind of fire? Unacceptable, unholy, abominable fire. What did God do with them? He killed them. The children of, of Eli, what did they do? You know we read it this week. If you, are, if you are following your devotion, you know we read it this week. What did they do? What did they do? Adult, they were committing adultery right in the temple. What did God do? He dealt with them. My brothers and sisters, I'm not a judge and I've not come to judge you. But all I've come to do is to let you know the mind of God. That if we must be a church, let us be a church. And as a church, we must rise up to do that which God expects us to do. Let us call sinners to order. Let us live holy lives. Let us be examples. Let us ask God to forgive us. Let us ask for grace again to come into the sanctuary. So that God will show forth himself. We do not have to pray and pray and pray before we see God manifesting. If only we live holy lives, lives we will pray and it will show up. That is what we want to happen. I pray that Lord will help you. I pray that Lord, the Lord will help you to see the mind with which he is talking to you this morning. I pray that each of us as parents, we go home and sit our children down and tell them, fornication is sin. If you are not married to that lady, don't sleep with her. If you are not married to that, girl, that man, don't sleep with him. And if you have already done it, ask God to forgive you. We do it, and then we now, they now become part of us, and we move on as if nothing has happened. The Lord is going to judge us. I pray that the Lord will have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 
5 to 7 Latif Jakande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ikoibaptistchurch.org. We look forward to having you back next week.